Netflix has a show out that is sexualizing children, and they won't really be truthful about it. And that is really indicative of a lot of things going on in our culture. Today, we're going to be talking about really what it's like to be up against wholehearted evil. We're also going to be looking at some positive things, like a 170, 107, shouldn't say 170, <laughs> that would really be crazy. A um, 107-year-old woman. Positive. Yes, very positive indeed. A 107-year-old lady who has beaten both coronavirus and the Spanish flu, which happened 100 years ago. We're going to be talking about the Gell-Mann amnesia effect and how you may not have heard of this effect when regarding to amnesia, but it is something which is very important and it does a lot to shed some light on where we're at today. We're going to be doing a Bible study looking at darkness and how wholehearted evil is a little bit different from half-hearted evil in the fact that it, it masks itself very well as being innocent and light, especially for those who don't have eyes and ears transformed by Christ. So, without any further hesitation, I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and there are two others here with me in the studio. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Pastor Mike Proctor. And Pastor Amanda, would you open us up in prayer today? Sure. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your many blessings uh, and for the awesome responsibilities that you have given to each and every one of us. So we pray that you would be with this podcast today, uh, that everything we do, all the words that we say would be uplifting for your people and the upbuilding of your kingdom. Give your people peace and wisdom, we pray. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And we're going to be changing up our format a little bit. And we're going to do our serious conversations first. We're going to get into some fun stuff towards the end. We'll have some unholiness today. We'll be playing some <laughs> buy, sell, or hold with some church signs at the end of this program. But for now, I want us to open up by talking about something which is called the Gale Mon Amnesia. Now, this is something which I had not heard a lot about of, and I don't think anyone else here in the studio had. Nope. I, I, once you start explaining it, I feel like I've heard the concept, but I, I don't recall. I've never recalled hearing the name. Yeah, the name about it. So let me give an overview of this, and I think you'll see how relevant it is to the world right now. So this is some work that's put out by a man named Michael Crichton, and he said, briefly stated, the Gell-Mann amnesia effect is simply this. If you can imagine a couple of different people getting together and reading the newspaper. Now, in one case, you have a man who is a physicist. So his expert is in physics, and he opens it. And he reads a business article, he kind of goes past it, and then he finds a physics article. And as he's reading the physics article and being a physicist, he kind of laughs to himself and says, they have all this information wrong, and the journalist writing this article has it's so wrong that they have essentially made an argument that says the wet road has produced rain. And he kind of says, this is ridiculous, but then he turns the page, he reads his medical article, and he goes on and so forth. Well, another man that's with him is a medical man, and he opens up, he's a doctor, he sees the physics article, and he says, okay, physics, and then he turns over and reads the medical article, and he, he kind of laughs to himself and says, they have such a bad article in here, they've got all the evidence wrong, and they basically have a story that says the wet road produces rain. And then so forth and so on. Each person that opens up the newspaper, they read an article in their expertise. If you're a business person, you read the business stuff and you say, okay, they got this totally wrong. But then you think that the newspaper is correct on, say, foreign policy or whatever other story it is covering. So basically what happens in this called Gell-Mann amnesia effect is people, they see that the information they're given has multiple errors. And somehow when they go to a different page, a different piece of information, they forget that those multiple errors were there and they basically forget that everything you have read and learned so far is baloney. <laughs> you, you knew it was baloney when you were reading something you were familiar with, but then as you turned the page to say foreign policy or physics or medicine, something you weren't an expert in, you somehow thought that the newspaper was credible even though you knew that it was not credible in other categories. Now this is something which happens really across our culture and 
I, I think this is just something which is so phenomenal. Behold, that there's actually a name for this. Mm. And for a while, I've been trying to articulate that we live in an age as if time doesn't exist, where people forget that that we've been lied to, and that you know it's actually legal in America now for the government to propagandize its citizens. I, a lot of people don't even know that. But what are your, what are our thoughts on this Gail Mon amnesia effect? I'll just open up the the table now for us to respond to it. Well, you know, I think uh, this is so evident in a lot of places that we see. And, and again, I don't think we've had the, I haven't had the word to explain it, even though I had the concept was there and you could see that. But there is a, in this day and age where we have given so much uh, credibility to non-credible sources. And and maybe there was a time in the past they were credible. And, and since we find our area of expertise and we see these faults, and then when we go to somewhere, it's like we it, we do we do forget that. And so, even good science, uh, I think we did the the uh, previous podcast a few weeks back on uh, on some research on the uh, uh, you know near death experiences where they said if one item is that they they did the research on, if one item is wrong then it's all wrong. They don't they they consider it all wrong. And so, you know, this doesn't even line up with good science uh with with the credibility fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, and I think the other thing is is there's just um so much more information out there and it's easier for people to seem like experts. Um I know there was an incident actually in Nashville um specifically the Trevecca Towers and something happened and a reporter came and reported and ended up uh, the only person they talked to was actually the person who perpetrated the bad action, and this guy, the the um, not the he he didn't uh, the reporter didn't investigate the the people who were hurt by this action, but but the guy who actually did it, and the guy tried to put blame on the victims, and so that's what was reported, and everyone who was a part of this incident immediately could point out how wrong this was. But they had no way of communicating that yeah. because a credible news uh, report, a news site. Um, issued this report, and or at least when perceived to be credible. Yes, it, well, yes, it was a major name. It wasn't like the like yeah. some local pa- or uh, some you know tiny unknown paper. It was a, a a large corporation that was backing this reporter. And then they came and found out the reporter, the actual uh, person who who was investigating or investigating, use that word loosely. Uh, up until that point, the only thing they had ever reported on was sport events. So they were never a criminal reporter. They didn't know how to take statements. They didn't know how to, like, investigate. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, But just because we saw the little name at the bottom of the corner saying blah, blah, blah news, everyone automatically went, oh, this is what actually mm-hmm. happened in this incident. And it's not. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it, it, because those things can happen so easily. And again, you wouldn't think Nashville is a large city. You would imagine that there would be more checks and balances for for new sites and there's yeah. just there's not and, and at, to that point i think i have had to come to terms with the fact that there are very few checks and balances in this world mm, yes and and really this is one of the beautiful things about christ coming to judge the living and the dead is if you were expecting there to be you know restoration between different people on this earth that to be the standard it's really not so many times evil people get away with doing terribly wicked things without any accountability any consequences here on this earth and when it comes to how our information is dispensed across our our nation it is becoming increasingly obvious that there are a lot of people who just do not care about truth they they just lie outright and one of the things which is so terrible is that 
we in America, we're supposed to be a place where we're governed by we the people. But so often people do have this Gaelmon amnesia. And it's, it's kind of interesting to have a name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Dad said, I've been trying to articulate this. You know, it's like we live in an era without time. Like we forget <laughs> what happened five seconds ago. But it it is just absolutely crazy. Um, Pastor Mike? Well, you know, I think uh, for, I'm not an expert in journalism by any means. But, you know, I think like the... 101 journalism is to have multiple sources to back up what you know the original source says and it's like that rule has been thrown completely out the window and it's not just at a local level i think it's at a national level uh maybe even a global level where where you know it's just one person said it and they go with it and then there's no credibility because there's not a lot of uh double checking and sources on that and and it it leads to a lot of chaos yeah Mm -hmm. and if you do go for a second source it's one that just is confirmation if it matches the narrative that is wanting to be told i think they just go with it and and uh you know that's not good reporting but i still believe that that uh there there can be good reporting done and i think there needs to be good um, you know, the principles that are applied, which is double checking with multiple sources. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's actually looking for the truth. And mm-hmm. at some point you've got to realize that the actual meat matters. And, and by that, I mean, we can't hold things accountable just with technic, uh, technicalities, methodologies. So those are important and it's good to have good methodologies, but at some point in time, you've got to have people whose hearts and minds are actually interested in truth. And that's where our society is so rotted. And when you look at where the biblical worldview comes from, and we're all here in one form or another. I mean, we're pastoring different churches, but we're all ordained. We're all effectively a modern-day priesthood, even though we're different than, say, the rabbinic traditions of Jesus' time. But one of the things which had happened historically is that the the priest-level people who were the expert class had started abusing their power and manipulating people who were not experts. And Jesus comes. And look, again, we're all in that priesthood of, of sorts, Um in the modern version of that, Jesus comes and says, you actually don't need that priest in order to access me. And, you know, we're saying that as clergy, like I have enough self-awareness to know that, you know, we it is important for one to be in part of the church, but, you know, your, your salvation is not contingent on which priest you went through or something like that. And the truth of God is not contingent on the, the messaging of the priesthood. But we do live in this day and age, which has taught people, you've got to go to the experts. You've got to go to the experts. Only they know. But one of the things that we forget is is those those people they're sinners too they're not sanctified by being in that position and the gail mon amnesia effect is kind of this time where you just kind of shut your mind off to the fact that it could all be just garbage Hmm. um any final thoughts before we go on to our next story well i think there's an interesting and maybe i'm too worried about pendulum swings but i think we've seen in history kind of this weird um i mean you're talking about like specifically the priesthood but even if you go into things um, like some different reformations that happened, obviously the big Protestant Reformation. But there was almost this knee-jerk reaction once we shed light on how uh, despicable some of those who were considered the intellectual elite, there was almost this reaction in into kind of this um, uh, spiritualism that negated any kind of expertise, any yep. kind of pursuit of knowledge, sure. any kind of... And, and so I don't want to like say the exemption... Um, justifies the rule or anything like that but there there has to be this tension where we're not saying throw out the experts or throw out academic study but we're saying actually the opposite is investigate and do academic study yeah. even when the experts give yeah. you information and, and it's the whole idea you've got to go deeper yeah just go go deeper uh, it is a straight and narrow road for a reason pastor mike 
I think even this is not something new. If we look at the Apostle Paul and the Bereans who were, uh, you know, really studying the Scriptures and trying to get to the truth of the matter, um, and I'm talking about the Old Testament Scriptures and seeing Jesus, whereas some were, you know, not studying that. But uh, I, I think that's what we're really called to be, is like that church in Berea, is to really, everything that we are presented, to really check it out. Um, and you can do that. You don't necessarily have to be an expert, but you can. If you have something to, to compare it with, such as our scriptures, then you can definitely find truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We need more people interested in truth. All right, well, going on to our next story, um, we have, and I've got a picture pulled up here for those who are, are viewing. We have a lady whose name is Anna Del Priori. And she's of Middletown, New Jersey. And the reason why this lady is of such noteworthy, um, she gets great uh, commendations for her. (laughs) She has not only had the coronavirus and overcome it, but also 100 years ago, she had the Spanish flu. This Mm. lady's 107 years old, and the Spanish flu, which happened around 1920, we're in the year 2020, 100 years ago, she had both of these very, very serious illnesses and has beat them both. (laughs) So, you know. Praise God. As we've kind of changed our format here, I wanted just to have some positive news and things going on in there. Well, but how impressive is that? Like somebody give me some pastoral commentary on this lady who has beat them all. Well, you or we were talking earlier about the this effect of not forgetting or, you know, forgetting of of history and, and, and not remembering an event that maybe happened just a second ago. She's lived over 100 years. And I mean, if you think about all the historical events that have happened from 1917 or 1919 uh, when the Spanish flu hurt, uh, hit to 2020 and everything she's lived through and been able to experience and to survive it all just to survive one of those things is phenomenal but to survive everything that's happened in the last hundred years um and and she she even looks a little you know kind of happy in that picture that you oh, have she looks happy she's standing she looks uh you know good for 107 <laughs> right yeah. I wish I would look. Yeah, I don't think I'll look that good if I even get to 107. Um, but no, but there, I think there's a great, uh, there's joy in that for us to recognize because like just right now we do feel overwhelmed. And I think that overwhelmed feel, feeling is definitely legitimate. But look at what she survived. And and maybe we can, that can give us some hope for like, if she can survive the Spanish flu and COVID, not just that, but also the hundred years of everything. World War else. Two, World yeah. War One. She would have been a child during. Uh, she she was survived the Great Depression, uh, yeah. the the economic decline in the eighties, the economic decline in the two thousands, our current economic decline, um, several wars and conflicts. Um, uh, if she's yeah, I don't know exactly where Middleton, New Jersey is, but if she was near the Camden. Uh, area in the 60s she would have been survived a lot of the racial riots and other uprest that was happening during that time the things that are happening now like she survived them and and not just it looks like not just survived but thrived and yeah. lived her life and so she she looked really good look really happy too yeah, yeah so we can take i think hopefully we can take comfort in that if that's the pastoral message is um just like we look to the saints and say hey we can be like them we can look at her and say you know we can survive too you know, the, when I look at this picture, and you're talking about how happy she looks, there doesn't seem to be a worry whatsoever in no. her life. Uh, no. She looks so uh, at peace. Yeah. Well, let's go on to our, our final serious conversation that we have. Well, the Bible study is going to be serious, and even the church signs are serious to an extent. <laughs> but our, our kind of general section that we have here, I want us to talk about 
something which has gone on with Netflix. And many of you may have heard about this whole incident that happened. Netflix has a show coming out that is called Cuties, which in and of itself, when you find out what this show is, is truly diabolical. It kind of makes you realize just how interwebbed um, the perversions are in our societies. And so this Netflix show has come out titled Cuties, and it features girls dancing in what is clearly sexual manners. And I know I'll pull a lot of pictures. I didn't even want to pull the picture down, the poster they had for this to put on our program. Um, it's not like nude, but it's still extremely explicit. It's, it's obvious that they have sexualized these, these young girls. And they, they put this on Netflix, and there's been, which we, we talked last week about the whole child trafficking and its, and its predominance in Hollywood and how we have finally gotten to a point now where people are starting to look at it seriously and not just a, like, kook conspiracy theory because there, there actually is a lot of meat behind this. There's a lot of, of vile substance which needs to be looked at. There's a lot of material which needs examination. And it's not just people living in basements with a lot of stuff on their computer. It really is people that are trying to run our society as far as its entertainment, our politics and things like that. And finally, the the angle of our society, the wind is turning a little bit where people are interested in talking about this. And as this show was released on Netflix, or it's, it's advertised to be released anyway, they've been putting out their ads for it, um, there was a big uproar. And people came after this, and they started pushing back at Netflix, which is good. And... Netflix, and I, I've got a, a transcript with this from a a conversation that someone had with Netflix over the matter, and I don't want us just to examine the fact that this show exists, but I want us to see how Netflix responded to it, mm-hmm. because showing how Netflix responded to this is such a indicator of where we are at as a society, because we have people who just ignore truth to a, a magnitude unseen. And we're actually going to come back to talk about this after the Bible study, but I want to give a taste of this, and then I want to talk about how wholehearted evil ignores truth. So we're going to try to have a couple of our, our segments interwoven for a moment. But this the show is coming out, and they had somebody who wrote to Netflix, um, somebody doing some investigation on this, and they said, "Does a how does a movie sexualizing children get approved? Who signed off of this? And Netflix responded, they say, We understand that not all stories may appeal to all who are in our audience, all of our viewers, and we understand that all may not appeal to all viewers, which is why we invest in a diverse range of content from all over the world, and we provide ratings, synopses, and trailers, and controls to help members make the right viewing choices for them and their families. And of course, the person writing this is basically saying, why why is this even a choice on your material? So they write back and they say, do you support pedophilia? A simple yes or no will suffice. And then Netflix responds by saying, we cannot really comment on that, but while we believe in creative freedom, Netflix will respect all religions and their cultures, traditions, and values. So this is something which is truly diabolical. Um, And even its name, Cuties, for the show is is diabolical in and of itself. But does anybody have any – is it all right if we swap over to do our Bible study and then come back to this? Yeah. We did that last week a little bit. (laughs) and so let, let's do that if we can. So we're going to change gears real quickly. And normally there's a segment break. Um, we're not going to have a segment break just because we're weaving these things together. But I want us to go now to Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. Pastor Mike, do you have that verse pulled up where you can read that? I do. All right. Um, it says, uh, Matthew 6 and 23, be attentive. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness... 
how great is the darkness? All right, and what is so fascinating to me about this is if the light in you is darkness, how great then is the darkness? And we really have to to wrestle with the fact that there are a lot of people, what we're used to dealing with, there are a lot of people who are used to dealing with what I would call half-hearted evil. And let me read this excerpt for you all from C.S. Lewis's book, The Paralandra, which it, it deals with, with wholehearted evil in there. There's a scene where the main character encounters a man who is possessed by the devil, and the man possessed by the devil, he is smiling in a way that is just absolutely evil, but it doesn't look sinister. Um, to see the smile of the devil itself, it is rather bizarre in the sense that it is is not sinister. Um and in all things diabolical, the um, computer, it, all the text is like invisible for me right now, um, where I was wanting to read this. Um, so I guess I'll do my, my best to paraphrase it. But C.S. Lewis says, when you, you look at the face of the devil, it is, it's not at all sinister or even mocking. It doesn't bother to defy good or truth, but instead it chooses to ignore goodness and truth to the point of annihilation. It looks altogether welcoming. And it has a striking similarity to innocence, as if if you would just accept that evil, all would be good. You would be at union with it. All men could be that there would be no discord, no division. All would be united. There would be no division at all. And C.S. Lewis, he says, when looking at this, it has that striking similarity to innocence. And, in, you know, evil in its wholeheartedness, and again, Looking at this smile, you know, up to this point, Ransom, he had never seen anything but half-hearted evil. But what he was looking at was a whole-hearted creature. This was something which was wholly evil. And the more wholly evil something is, it doesn't look like weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what it wants you to look like. The wholehearted evil, it looks like the light. In that scripture that Pastor Mike read there, when, when one has light in them that they believe to be the light, but it's actually darkness, that is a great evil. And so I just want to open up the floor for us to imagine wholehearted, wholehearted evil. evil. Yeah. And, you know, just imagining that is a scary thing. Uh, Lewis also says one of the greatest torments of hell is to look upon the, the face of the devil and to see the devil smile. You know, that would end you in final calamity. Mm-hmm. Just as there is one face above all faces up in the heavens, above all worlds, that if you could look at it, it would give you irrevocable joy that no one could ever take away from you. So there is a face in waiting in the deep that if you were to look upon it and see it smile, it would end you in final calamity. Um, and no child would have a problem understanding this, that a face could be so terrible to end you that way. Um, what are our thoughts on wholehearted evil? Because I think that's what we're up against in our society right now, wholehearted evil. You cannot negotiate with it. You cannot show it truth. You can't reason with it. It is just wholly evil. You can't negotiate and reason with it. Well, I think it's uh, Bonhoeffer who say, makes a statement that it is uh, um, it is better to do evil than to be evil. And, and to explain that statement a little bit, uh, being evil is this wholeheartedness. And there are times uh, like Bonhoeffer who got caught up in a, uh, you know, a, a plot to assassinate Hitler. It was evil. He was a pacifist, but he felt like he, knowing what he knew was going on with the the, the Jews and, and the, uh, you know, all the, the Holocaust that was going on, he decided that he, he had to act and he had to do this evil, participate in this evil uh, assassination in order for their life and so that to be for lives to be saved and so in this he was saying you know to 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 do evil is not 
the same as being evil, but there's a slippery slope. And I think this is the place where once one does evil and does that repeatedly and repeatedly, there comes a point in time where that light of the that or the darkness becomes a light to them. Let me restate that. And uh, if you do evil long enough, you become evil. Yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, and I'm not saying Bonhoeffer was evil in in sense, but I felt like he had very um, good intentions. I think it was an extreme wrestle for him. Uh, yeah, and you know, John writes about this in his epistles. You know, be imitators yeah. of good, not imitators of, yes. of evil. But what we find really going on in in really whether it be Bonhoeffer's time or just in the world around us, there is a distinction we need to make between, and and look, I'm not one who rates out sins. Like I say this all the time, and I'm not here to rate out sins, but as we combat things, those who are like the misunderstood villains that Hollywood likes to throw out there, that there's a difference between someone who is misunderstood and has fallen into a trap of sin where they are perpetuating sins and the actual wholehearted evil itself, which cannot be reasoned with. The beast, which comes up from the deep. You know, I preached out of that from Revelation 11. It, it comes up to kill the witnesses of God. It cannot be reasoned with. You You cannot debate with that. And what we saw going on with Netflix cannot be debated. And we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted Amanda to have some thoughts on wholehearted evil. Well, I think, like you said, I mean, there's other Bible passages that tell us, like, you know, uh, Lucifer, you know, angel of light, that that there is temptation comes to us in, in such ways that it, it is often harder to um, to debate with. And like you said, like you can't debate with it. It uses a logic all on its own. Um, and in order to debate with it, you have to almost come down to its logic or yeah. use its logic. And the best way to debate with or fight with that level of evil, that wholehearted le- uh, level of evil is not to try to have a quote-unquote logical conversation with it. Uh, it's just to simply call it out as it is. Yeah. And especially if it's masquerading as light, then the best thing you can do is shine true light on it. Um, and, and I think that it, it, it's interesting in this person's conversation. And I'm sure whoever, because this is just a customer service person, this person who's answering uh, for Netflix is probably not very high up in the uh, chain of customer service they probably have a script and it says like when this kind of question is asked this is your response um and so i don't want to and it has i don't know if you have that picture up of their of their or that screenshot of their conversation and so i don't want to throw it has a name beside it that says mary i don't want to throw mary under the bus i'm sure she's being overworked and underpaid and just following the script but it reveals a narrative of a company who has not thought through how to answer these difficult questions and hopefully because people are shining light on this Netflix will have somebody who can give something more than just a scripted response well, and, yeah. and give us and but at the same time like you're saying you can't argue with evil because they're not using the same kind of uh, logic, the same kind of conversation. They're not using the same rules. Yeah. And so they can twist this, and, and, and it infuriates me, this ending line of Netflix. Again, I'm sure Mary's using a script, but it says we respect all religions, cultures, traditions, and values. And what aggravates me is respect for people um, and cultures does not mean you permit terrible and oppressive and, 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 and 
evil actions against people. Well, and and I think they've they've twisted this conversation, and they're talking about freedom of art. Sure. And it's like, yes, freedom of art is great. Respecting of yeah. all people is great, but that yeah. has nothing to do with allowing harmful things uh, to be uh, desensitized um, on your shows. And so that's what I just. They, they've twisted the conversation into something it's not. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. to, to your point, you can't, it's almost like you can't argue with them because in the end, you sound like the villain. Yes. And, and yes. so, it, it, you, again, I think sometimes the best thing we can do is just say bad. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm just contrasting what you said a little bit. And you, you said this is an indicator on Netflix's policies. I actually think it's a bigger indicator on our society as a whole because oh, this yeah. is this is deemed this is the safe response that mm -hmm. won't get anyone mad. When really, it's it's repulsive. It's vile. I, sort I just, of, and it, it's totally a scripted response. You know yeah. that like whoever this person is, if if her name's actually Mary, it <laughs> right. might just be a, a generated computer answer. Who knows? But this is probably like a copy and paste thing, rather than it is anything real. And the fact that our society is held hostage. Mm -hmm. But th this will destroy a nation if this is the best that someone like Netflix, who is a huge company, can do. You cannot have a society if this is how we deal with such a threat like this. Yeah, can they not? You would think a company this side could employ one person who can string together a comprehensive response. That's a real response. Yes, no, that's what I was saying. Like that—that <laughs> that is a a, a thought through, and, and I think like Pastor Mike said earlier in show prep, he's like honestly. Even if we don't agree with the statement, the best statement they could have said would have been, no, we don't agree with pedophilia and we don't think this show is that. Like they could have just argued the merit of, you know, they have a different uh, evaluation system. But instead of just simply saying no to something that 99% of the people universally agree is bad, instead of, like, it's not like someone said, like, how dare you put the opposite political party stuff on, on Netflix? This is a universal truth held as evil yeah. that they couldn't even condemn. The, the only the only thing I can think of is maybe this actually is their honest answer because as we talked about last week, this year ha if this year has done anything good and it doesn't get enough news attention, it has exposed how much Hollywood actually does endorse pedophilia. So maybe maybe they're they're trying to cater to that and say this we we recognize this gross violence you're doing as a real religion. Which again, that's like the the that is the devil's version of this story. Mm -hmm. Is that it's it's praiseworthy because it gives him credit. Um, the devil and his demons laugh at a statement like that because it acknowledges them as as equal to to God. Um, so so that's that's just another side of this, which I I hope is not the case, but is like the the dark evil, you know, pits of hell version of this. So well, and I think something else we have to recognize in our society is that this has been happening uh, subtly for for a long long time oh, yeah. and specifically the sexualization of of children and young adults and i mean we can watch all kinds of shows and it's always fascinated me uh we were talking about a a, a book series or a horror writer and how his books often end in, in very explicit things that involve children and youth and you're like why would it's not the ghost and the scary things in his books that are horrifying. It's that a mind came up with this and thought this was a good idea. Yeah. But it's just not necessary. And not only is it not necessary, is why would you spend time envisioning that and, and dwelling yeah. on it? And and we see this. And again, this has been happening for decades in the arts and in Hollywood. Um, 
I mean, we see this, and what's fascinating is Hollywood pats itself on the back because it does a documentary about how evil the golden age of Hollywood was. And you're like, listen, people. Have you seen what's have going on? Yeah, Look what, in the mirror. Have you done what, you know, have you seen what you've done today? Because I know, like, they've you know, movies have come out about, like, Judy Garland and Shirley Temple and these awful things they put these child actors through oh, yeah. in order Terrible. to produce films. And they're like, but it's all better now. And we're like, yes, yeah, things, some things have gotten better where there's better regulations that protect children and child workers. But that just means some of those evil actions have just gotten better hidden. They have yeah. not gone away. Well, and so we, and I think that's why, like some, yeah, not all, but some of my frustration with this is it's almost like people are like, <gasps> you know, twenty twenty, the year of evil, and you're like, have you not been alive? Yeah, and to the to the point of this has been subtly going on for some time, and it's becoming more and more common in the public eye for people to acknowledge mm-hmm. this, and that, that's a a good thing that has at least oh, happened yes. this year, and. And it's it is it is just vile. It is the pits of hell, um, the absolute pits of hell. And I will say, I'm sorry, <laughs> keeps talking. Um, I remember hearing a story about someone who was talking about how to find out if something's counterfeit. People who investigate counterfeit money. The way you know what's counterfeit money is is not by studying other counterfeit money. It's by studying the real thing. Sure. And if we're going to go through life and decide what is darkness and what is light, it's going to be not by studying darkness, but yeah. by studying light. Amen. Amen. Tell me more of that. That's good. Yeah. So, Well, we're going to wrap up this segment, and we're actually going to move to something a little bit more lighthearted now. <laughs> um, yes, finally. <laughs> um, but y- yeah, you can't hold a society with these things. Yeah. Um, so, Because they're just destructive. That you, you can't reason with it. They're, they hate reason. To quote C.S. Lewis, they, they ignore reason to the point of they destroy truth by ignoring it. Um, we see that happening everywhere. And um, when, when actually, one other thought that I have on this. I know. I'm, I'm breaking my own rules here. Um, one of the You are talking about logic earlier. You know, G.K. Chesterton writes that, that the lunatic has just as much logic as does the, the sane man. Though it's not the same way. Logic is like a circle. Though the lunatic's logic is like the circle that is an eraser on a pencil, where the sane man's logic is like the, the circumference of the globe. Like it's a lot more big, larger, it's, it's, it's much bigger, it's much more complete than the, the lunatic's logic. But to argue with the lunatic, yeah, he's got a logic to his system. You just you can't, you can't debate with it. Hmm. Um, which, of course, God, his, his logic is the entirety of creation, which is even much bigger than the, the globe. <laughs> but anyways, um, we'll be back here in a second to have a Bible study. So thank you for joining us here at Kingdom of the Logos. We hope that you have enjoyed this. Did I say Bible study? Yeah, sorry. Buy, sell, or hold's coming next. (laughs) Yeah, we all need to be fired. Well, at least myself. We'll be back. Alrighty, we're going to do some buy, sell, or hold with funny church signs. So how this game works, you buy it if you want this on your church, you sell it if you don't. And you know what? Because this one is pretty simple, no holds for this game. You're only buying or selling here. Oh, I know. I'm, I have dropped the big one. Yeah, Pastor Mike made that face. Alright, so are y'all really ready for this? Yes, and this is a hot take for uh, hot take. Mike and I. Yes, so we'll see. We'll see. Alright, so coming up with our first church sign, buy, sell, or hold. And everybody in the audience, you can send me your thoughts, questions, or prayers. This says um, at Westside Church of Christ, they say, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad one. I like that one. I, I think, though, like before we get too far, on a general term, 
uh, our general rule. I'd like to sell the idea of these like piffy uh, church sayings, but I do like that one. I'll buy that one. You'll buy that one? Yeah. Uh, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Pastor Mike? I'll I'll buy because I don't have a hold. <laughs> you know, oh that's right yeah nope. Alrighty, I'll buy it too. It's kind of it's, it's kind of kind of snarky. It's nice yeah. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Um, alrighty, so coming up next we have this one. It says, "Jesus said I'll be back way before <laughs> Arnold did." What do we think about that? Got some you know return. Yeah. That one's funny. Okay. I think if we're going to, again, if we're going to do this all within the context of other church signs, then I can buy these a little bit more, but still, like, I don't know. I, I laugh at most church signs. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'll buy this one. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that, um, even though I think it elevates Arnold a little higher <laughs> than he needs to be. Um, it's kind of like you, you feel like this is the transfiguration when, when Peter says, you know... The, <laughs> Um, we build three three tents here, um, and no, no, this is my son Jesus. I, so, yeah. but nonetheless, it, I will allow it to be a buy because it's meant to be get your attention, yeah. and it yeah. does. All right. So next up, we have this one that says Noah was a brave man to sail in a wooden boat with two termites. So there <laughs> we've got that one. That's funny. I like that one. I'll I'll buy it though. Um, Let's be honest, it may have originally been two termites, but probably at the end of that 40 days, it was probably more. <laughs> but still, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Mike? I, I'm going to sell that one. You know, <laughs> we 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 have romanticized the mm-hmm. Noah's Ark story way too much, and I'm just going to sell. I'll just leave it at okay. that. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that, though. I'll buy it just because it recognizes the terror that is termites. Um, <laughs> so this next one we have is pretty interesting, too. It says... The fact that there is a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven says a lot about anticipated traffic numbers. So it's always fun when people, they mix in, you know, pop culture Culture. things as if they are scripture. But not all the same um, (laughs) as we got this. And the name of this church is Snook, brethren. Church Snook. S-N-O-O-K. It's almost like it's a Star Wars villain, but (laughs) Snook. The Snook brethren. Is that the name of the the community? What, what's that? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, what do we think about this? Buy, sell, a hold. I'm going to sell it. One, because like, uh, if you're going to evaluate it, not just on its theology, which or its use of pop culture like scripture, but also like if, if you're going to have a church sign, it has to be short so people can read it while they're driving. That's awfully long. It is long. So it doesn't even mm. serve its purpose. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to sell that one. Mike? Um yeah, I'm gonna sell not because I don't like uh, the sound of Highway to Heaven, or Led or Zeppelin, or and and uh, ACDC, <laughs> but because that should not be a place that you get your theology. <laughs> yes, it should not. Yes. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm gonna sell it too. I, I was actually gonna use Amanda's logic that it was just way too long. Um, but I, I've got to come up with a better reason now. New. And then Dad took my one that you shouldn't be getting theology from pop culture. Um, I'm going to take the angle that Christ judges the living and the dead, not uh, the church sign. Um, <laughs> hopefully thank not. Yes, yeah. Hopefully not. Go for that. Um, all right. So next up, we have a, another one here, too. And it says, this, too, shall pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it's going to pass. And this comes from Walnut Grove. So they've got that. <laughs> that imagery comes in there, too. Yeah. So um, this, too, shall pass, although it might pass like a kidney stone. It's going to pass. Uh, I'll, I'll buy that one. I like that one. I, I think I'm liking all the ones that aren't really 
heaven or hellish. They're just kind of like fun little, like you would kind of chuckle at as you drive down the road. Give people yeah. a little a humor in their day. So I like this one. I'll buy it. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Mr. Mike? I'll buy. I'll buy. buy it. What about you, Dylan? I'm going to be a prude. <laughs> I'm going to be a prude and sell it. Um, though, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just going to sell it. Okay. I can spend too much time on that. All right. Um, two, all right. Let me pull it up. Just got to do that. Too hot to keep changing a sign. Sin bad, Jesus good. Details inside. So what do we think about this one here? Um, I think, though, like, why you would put that on your sign I don't think anyone's going to actually come inside because you put that on your sign. So I don't I don't think it's effective for its intended purpose. So I'm going to sell. Pastor Mike? Um, you know, I think I'm going to sell too. It, it's, it's, it's awfully long. It's long. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's, I don't know that it, their goal is to get people to come inside by reading that. Um, but I, I'm with Pastor Man. I don't think anybody's going to come inside reading that. Yeah, and you know, my I'm selling on it too because it. I like the snark that some of these signs have, but this one has laziness and snark. This is not aspirational it's snark. Whiny. Yeah, it is whiny. Um, it's it's desperate snark. It's like, oh, it's so bad to come out and give you a message. So sin bad. Yeah, Jesus. But good. also, yeah. why would you rely on your church sign to give a message? That's what I'm saying. Like, just the, the I think the 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 presupposition of church signs is you know, wrong you, in the, some most you know, of these. I don't want to stand before Jesus and say I, I put that church sign up, and, he, and Jesus say, well, "You think it was hot then?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, I think I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna definitely sell on it now. That oh my! I've had more time to process that one well <laughs> the babylon b did have an article out about people would prefer to be jumping straight into volcanoes than like a modern politics um, <laughs> right which, which is true like buy, i would rather I'll work on that. a 6.0 <laughs> turbo diesel um than than do that and, and have worked on a 6.0 turbo diesel and deliberately didn't have the news on um for for several of those days just for that purpose but the heat thing yes the volcano the volcano. All right. Well, back to church signs because that's what we're doing here. All right. So this one is pretty good. Oh, click to me. Mosquitoes also know there's power in the blood. <laughs> I like that one. I'll buy that one. You'll buy that? Mike? Oh. You know, I, I'm going to buy simply because there's... It, Pull it back up. I think it's beyond... You know, there was a there was a movement where a lot of congregations didn't like to to you know have the word blood, and so <laughs> since even if the mosquito level and there's power in the blood, I'm gonna go ahead and buy. <laughs> You'll buy. You know, as far as that one goes, you know, I like it when we recognize God's interest in all of creation and His created animals. Um, but it's hard to make me sympathetic to mosquitoes. Yeah, this is I know. It's it's hard to pull that one off, so um, I'm gonna sell. All right, so <laughs> what we have now, this one this one has a level of snark that's that's pretty direct. They say, Have trouble sleeping, try one of our sermons. <laughs> so you know the pastor's not changing this. Or well, I guess if it's not a burn on the pastor if the pastor is putting the signs out. That could be a self yeah, it might be a self joke. Be, yeah. But no. if if this is like the church board secretary putting this out there, man <laughs> somebody's in hot water. I like that one, um, and, and I'm the, uh, yeah, the preacher, but you know, I think that's great. Some self-awareness. The church needs to be a little more self-aware, both humorously and seriously. <laughs> so yeah. I'll buy that one. You'll buy that? 
I'm going to sell. <laughs> You're going to sell. Even though I know people, you know, they work hard all week, and then when they sit down and their it's their their body just says it's time to go to sleep, and, and I understand that. And, hey, I, I occasionally sit through some sermons, so I, I know exactly what people are going through. So I'm going to... I'm going to buy not on on the fact that it happens, but on the fact that we should aspire to do better. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to buy on it, but only if it's in a reality TV show because this would make a, a nice plot point. This is this is like a changing <laughs> in the acts in like a reality TV show. Um, Bring your CPAP. Or a sitcom. Bring CPAP yeah. to service. <laughs> yes. Okay. So next up, we have this one here. Another hot hill. Oriented when it says, whoever stole our AC units can keep one. It's hot where you're going. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to sell that one because I've thought about before putting something on our church sign that says, like, God is watching and so are our security cameras. And then I was like, you know, is that really helpful? Like, is that conducive to creating community and community relationships? Probably not. So I'm going to sell. <laughs> I'm going to buy. Okay. I'm going to buy because I think there is an element of hell that says there's true justice. And I think there are, there in my community, there's a, a great number of people that we don't want anyone to go to hell, but there's an appreciation for justice to come. And sometimes we just have to give those things to God. Sure, sure. And, um, well, the last one that we have here, and this will be where we wrap up our program. Well, you didn't buy or, or sell on that one. Oh, I didn't? Mm-hmm. No. I got to go back and remember what it was. Um, yes, whoever Air stole condition. our AC units. Uh, again, I, 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 don't, I like to reserve judgment for God to be the <laughs> judge of the living and the dead. Um, but I also like to give some acknowledgement that there's a hell. And since there's no holding on this, oh, we'll buy it. We need a little hellfire brimstone. <laughs> um, moving on here. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just err on that side for right now. Uh, this last one says, cross-eyed people have the best vision. Which is confusing, but I get what they're saying, and I, I like the message after you figure it out. It, it made me, like, cross-eyed thinking about it for a second. <laughs> um, that one I find annoying. You know someone just patted themselves on the back a little too oh, much. Oh, yeah, someone definitely they're patted like, themselves on the back it's for that like, pun. It's like when we did that one story about the alligator, and everyone thinks they would be so original meeting the uh, the uh, the um the emotional support alligator going see you later alligator like that's what that it's 100 percent of people because they take the emotional support alligator to the nursing homes 100 percent of people in nursing homes have said see you later alligator to that thing it's not they were like the original uh uh creator of all that yes. like they were just the smartest person so that i feel like the same kind of concept applies to this so i'm gonna sell it yeah i'm going to sell because um i, I don't know i i get it but i'm just gonna sell on that one <laughs> all right well, that wraps up our program for today. We talked about some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Talked about some serious stuff. And that's kind of the new format we're going to be doing for here on out. We're going to actually talk about some news. News that doesn't get enough attention is basically the things that we're wanting to talk about. Because there's good things going on in the world. Like seeing this this lady is really good. Seeing the, the Chinese um, Christians getting the Bibles is pretty inspirational. And even seeing the, the little baby born just 22 weeks into the pregnancy who is still still with us. Um, God willing. Be Praise in God. prayer for, for little baby Lyric and her family. Um so with that, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, Pastor Mike, would you close us in prayer as we conclude? I'd be honored to. Almighty God, again, we thank you for the opportunity to um, commune here at this table and, Lord, with those who are watching. So, uh, Lord, we pray as we are 
constantly in your presence that we're able to lay aside all the burdens in this life to feel that presence and to be present with you. So, dear Lord, as we share life together, pray for your spirit to rest upon uh, all the viewers, rest upon uh, Pastor Dylan, Pastor Amanda, and myself. And, Lord, uh, I just pray that you give us direction in this world. Help us to be able to see and not forget uh, to search for truth and reveal to us, Lord, the true light, Christ Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And on that note, God love you and have a blessed day.